and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. So nice to be back here with you this week. I hope you enjoyed last week's solo episode on writing practice, where I shared not only what writing practice is, but also shared a guided writing meditation that you can use anytime, anywhere at your own pace. So let that be a resource for you to return anytime you want to practice writing practice and you want to drop in to listening to your inner voice and your intuition, which is a perfect segue to this week's episode with this week's guest, Emily Nahazel. So Emily is an intuitive career coach who believes we all deserve to spend more time doing what we love. She supports entrepreneurs and conscious corporate individuals who want work that better supports their souls. Emily actually reached out to me. Um, She had been listening to the podcast and had reached out to me and wanted to be a guest. And I actually do get quite a few inquiries of people wanting to be guests. And I find for me that it really works if I'm the one reaching out, if I'm curious and interested about that person's work. But I read Emily's email and I was just like, yes, full body yes. We talk about um, that intuition, that gut yes in this episode. And that's definitely what I felt when I read Emily's email and connected with Emily and her work because she does intuitive career coaching, which we talk about what that is on this episode and helps people align better with their soul's path. And I think you know, throughout all the conversations that I have on this podcast, that's really what it is. The story of listening to your intuition and the story of aligning with what your soul came here to do. And we really talk about that question of who am I and why am I here and how your work can help support you in that. So we talk all about work. We talk a little bit about the North nodes, the North and South nodes, and how you can use the North and South nodes in your astrological chart to better determine what is your soul's purpose in this lifetime. We also talk about birth and the parallels between birth and creating a business. And it's especially potent for Emily right now as she is expecting, which is beautiful. I love talking to women in that space. And we also talk about social media and how to navigate a better relationship with social media. So there's a lot of really beautiful just synchronicities in this conversation with Emily. I had such a good time talking to her. I honestly felt like we could have talked for hours. And she is offering $50 off of her career clarity sessions. So I will leave that link in the show notes. But if you are interested in learning more about Emily, working with her, really recommend doing so. And you can use that link in the show notes for $50 off if you are in a space of transition, of thinking about leaving your career, starting a new one, or whatever it is that you want to create and birth into the world. So without further ado, let's welcome Emily. So thank you, Emily, for coming on the Creative Soul podcast. And one of the first questions that I always start off with is, 
What is currently fueling your creative soul? I love this question. And it's certainly different now. I mean, I'm sure it changes all of the time, but for me now, there's a few things fueling my creative soul, mainly, well, mainly, as I mentioned to you, I'm pregnant. I'm 29 weeks pregnant at the time of this recording and learning about learning about birth and pregnancy was, was something I was doing before becoming pregnant, but now being in it feels like it's, it's fueling me on a new way. Obviously Mm -hmm. there's like a personal investment. So that's certainly fueling me and also the return of spring. Mm, Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I was just telling you too, that I was in Michigan and that I'm in Michigan currently. And like, it's been really cold, but today it was like 40 degrees and there's birds and I'm like, oh my gosh, there is life and we're coming out of winter. And that's so interesting to hear even your answer of like this birth and this kind of in between space of, of being in that period of birth. And I'm wondering, like, I just want to hear it all. Like how has the experience of being pregnant been for you? And have you felt like you've had to go through any ego deaths or anything like that while you're in preparation (laughs) for this new phase of your life? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. And thank you for asking this question. Physically, the process of pregnancy or the experience of pregnancy for me so far has been fairly straightforward and easy. And I'm so grateful for that. And also, like I mentioned, this was some learning about pregnancy, what happens in a woman's body, birth, the process of physiological birth that started lighting me up a few years ago. So I also felt very intellectually or, or like information wise prepared what I was not prepared for, even though I knew it would happen as the, the identity shift that mm-hmm. happens that has, that has already started that happens the moment you find out maybe for many people, um, even the moment they start considering becoming a parent. And so that's been a huge <laughs> a spiritual journey for me bringing out like all the tools of, of mindfulness and, and introspection and, you know, compassion with myself Mm -hmm. as this version of me who I always saw as very independent. And like I, I shared with you, I love to travel. I've done a lot of solo travel. This person, this version of me, the very independent, very focused on work, and so many other things is now transforming into another version of me. And that doesn't mean that like my essence is, it's like my, my essence isn't changing, but it also is. Mm. Oh, that's such a good way to put it. And it's, it's funny even cause you said you've been interested in birth for many years. And I imagine you as, you know, someone who's been interested in spirituality in this work for a, a long time. And so it's like, you think you've, you've done the most that you can do and then and something else happens. And in this case, maybe getting pregnant, like it, it uncovers another layer of, of all of that. And so I, yeah, were you surprised of like finding things that you were like, oh my gosh, maybe I, I thought I would have, would have dealt with this already. Like, you know, have, have any of those things come up too? Yeah. You know, the things that it's interesting, like what has come up, like as somebody, and this is not even something I really talk about that much anymore, but 
I, in, in my younger years, I struggled with body image and, and more of like that perfectionist side of things that event eventually got me into health and wellness, which kind of led me to where I am today, definitely led me to where I am today. But I had a thought that those, those things would come up, especially Mm -hmm. as your body's changing, you're growing people put the attention on your belly, but that hasn't been what's come up. And what has been interesting is that again, like I felt very intellectually prepared and there was so much that I knew about birth and the birth process. And it's something that I also use as a metaphor for like a creative process when it comes to birthing a business or birthing a program or changing careers and having this like an ego death or an identity death. Mm -hmm. Um, But being in it, it's like thinking about something, planning about something, learning what you can about something, but then being in it is a whole nother level. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I can't really like put my finger on what is changing, but something that's come up with, with one of my teachers is that I'm very aware that how other people see me is Mm. different. Mm. Even if I don't feel like I've again, changed on a, on a core level, people see me differently. And that's interesting, especially when well, it comes to personal relationships, but also when you have like a, a, a face that is a business. Yeah. Oh, that's that, that I can't even imagine that, that layer of it, because I think there is probably a lot of like stigma in society about women in business. And now a, a woman having children in business and like, what does that mean for your business? And what does that mean for, you know, and I feel like that's very old kind of old old paradigm stuff that maybe we're still kind of dealing with, but that's interesting. That's come up. Definitely. Yeah. It's old paradigm, but it's still here. (laughs) It's still definitely present. Uh, I want to go back a little bit and just kind of cap your journey so far. So you're an intuitive career coach. Want to hear definitely how you got into that? What led you there? I think that's so unique and beautiful and so needed because I think that is like the number one question people have, you know, like, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do with my career? So yeah, curious, like what brought you onto that path? Yeah. Well, as I alluded to, it's, it's been a journey as I think everyone's paths are, they're rarely, especially now that we, in this day and age, we have so many options it's rarely linear. It's not like, oh, I go to school for this and then I achieve it and I stay in that job for 35 years. So I went to school for business. It was a smart choice. And I'm putting that in in quotes because, well, it's not really in quotes. It was a smart choice. I was good at it. I graduated from business school and decided to pursue a degree in accounting and worked for a public accounting firm. And the thing that I should also mention, because this is a podcast about creativity, is that I was always really creative as a kid. Mm -hmm. I'm a triple Pisces, which to me, that's very imaginative and dreamy. And I like to live in that world. But somewhere along the way, even though my my creativity and my imagination was always encouraged. Somewhere along the way, I learned I needed to conform to a certain set of rules, a society standard to be successful. It was like, this is the picture of success. Get a job, get a college degree, get a job, you know, go through this progression. 
So I did follow that. And what's funny is that I remember my mom saying to me when I like, it was either right as I was going into the workforce or after being there, she she said to me, she's like, Emily, you're too creative to be a CPA, a certified Mm -hmm. public accountant. Now, I don't believe that's true because I think that creativity comes in all different fields. And I know you, you showcase that on this podcast. And certainly there's a lot of creativity in finance, in accounting, in business problem solving. Um, but that stuck with me because it was, it was true in many ways. That job was not in alignment with my soul. Was I good at it? Yes. <laughs> Did it work for a little while? Yes. But somewhere along the lines, after working there for a few years, I started to hear these whispers of like, there's something else, there's something else for you. And so I was getting in, or I had gotten into health and wellness, running yoga at the time, like vegetarian and vegan food. And so I I started to explore those passions because that's also another thing that I heard was, well, do what you love or like follow your passions. So I became a certified health coach. I became a certified yoga teacher and eventually ended up leaving my corporate job to start my own coaching business, Mm. which I did for many years. And I'm not even sure what the turning point was, but it, it still didn't feel fully aligned, but I had to go through that process of like, you know, running around New York city, teaching yoga classes, doing the health coaching around gut health in order for me to realize actually my place is at the intersection of this wellness, personal development, coaching world and business. And truly what lights me up, well, what breaks my heart is that people think that they can't spend a lot of their life doing what they love, Mm -hmm. that they think they have to follow someone else's version of success, or they have to have a trade-off that they have to, you know, work to live. And while the entrepreneurial path is not for everyone, I do believe that we can all find our way with our work so that it, it does support our souls. Mm. So that's like the short version of this, of this, how I ended up where I am today. And I think the other thing that I'll add in here is that along the way, like the physical health and maybe you've seen this in yourself or in like other folks that you've, you've met is that the physical health, the physical interest is often a gateway for like a deeper spiritual connection. Mm. Oftentimes we want to get well or optimize ourselves on a physical level, but that's not really it. Mm. It's usually like a, a gateway into who am I? what am I here to do? What am I good at? What's going to fulfill me? And so in my own process of figuring that out, I got really interested in astrology, human design, tarot, all of the witchy woo woo (laughs) spiritual practices. And so I, I call myself an intuitive career coach because we do the practical work and also all of that magical stuff gets to come in as well. Mm. Oh, I love that. And it's so true that I think A lot of the things like yoga, running, you know, all of those things that you were mentioning, it is kind of that gateway into, and, and any practice that you do is a, 
is that gateway into connection with self. It is a connection with the soul. And when you are connecting with your soul, it's like, and you are taking that time to really listen, then you know, when you're not in alignment and you know, like if your soul is calling you to do something else and even, you know, hearing you talk about this. And I, and I think even like us connecting feels very serendipitous in my life, because I was going through a process where I've, I've, you know, I'm, I've been a creative my whole life. And, um, after college got jobs in the theater world, working in nonprofit theater, but working in their finance and accounting, uh, departments, which so interesting, so interesting. (laughs) And I like, I never, and I was so like, that's not how my brain works. Like my, I'm very good at writing and like that, that kind of stuff. But I have a lot of, I'm a Sag, I'm on the Sagittarius Capricorn cusp. And so I do have a lot of that like Capricorn energy where I can kind of work and, and focus. So it works and it's in the theater world and stuff too. And last year I took a whole year off work to dive into my business and do my creativity stuff. But what ended up happening was this, like, I, I had to do this, like reconciliation with a lot of this, like past healing that I hadn't really faced. And I think taking some time off work and, and not being so busy with work really like showed me all those things that I was avoiding from working. And I'm a generator too, in human design. So I love working. And it's like, you know, if I wasn't working out of my full-time job, I was working on my business and I was working on the podcast and trying to do all these things. Cause, and last year really became a year where I had a lot of space, more space than I ever have in my entire life. And what came up for me was a lot of just things that I hadn't dealt with. And a lot of beliefs of even, you know, you're talking about this definition of success and how this definition of success looks one way. And I discovered for myself, like I really had a lot of stories of, well, I'm, you know, trying to do all these things because there's this belief within me that I'm not worthy if I'm not, you know, putting myself out there, if I'm not like having a successful business, if I'm not doing all the things at once, like I can't just do one thing. And so this, I like, again, it's so interesting that we're talking now because now I'm in this really interesting space where I've gone back to my job in theater in accounting and payroll, which is so not what my soul wants at (laughs) all. But it's offering me a chance to really feel safe and supported in in kind of like a container mm-hmm. while being able to get back to my soul in a creative way, not for business, but just for myself. And so it's a weird time that we're talking to because I just went off Instagram. Like I'm kind of like, I feel like the, what I was working for for so long for my business, for my career, I've now taken a little bit of a left turn just to come back to what really matters. So I'm wondering like when you work with clients or, mm-hmm. you know, as you're encouraging people to really find that true career and what, what is meant for them, how do you reconcile with all of these different like real life things that get in the way of needing to have a job for money and also needing to, you know, have that time that you can be creative and not feel like there's all this pressure on you to create this business or whatever that is. So what kind of, that was a lot of information. No, I love it. I love it all. I I love it all. And there's just so much here. That's, I really appreciate you for like sharing vulnerably and honestly, because something that I was chatting with actually two other coach friends about is 
this, this idea of, or that it's okay to have another job. Mm. And that doesn't mean that you're any less successful or that you'll be less successful in your creative business. I actually think that having that recurring steady income, if it's a part-time job, if it's your full-time job for now, if it's a one day a week thing, even if it doesn't fuel your soul, as long as it's not like soul sucking and actually taking away from you, it can provide you, like you said, with that container, with that stability and put less pressure on your creativity for in whatever that is, if that's your art, if that's you trying to birth a business. So I'm a huge fan of the side job or the bridge job or the side. Mm-hmm. I don't like to call it a side hustle because I don't really like that word hustle. <laughs> um, but I also work one day a week for my dad's business. And, you know, I'm proud of that. It's great for our relationship. It helps me feel connected to my family. And it also allows some security and stability in just in my life, which is really important right now Mm, for so many of us, like, and I was chatting with someone else about this recently. We think that, and, and I'm curious to hear your perspective on it too. We, we see this archetype of like the starving artist or like the artist who like stays up all night, the creative, the writer who stays up all night, smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol, and that that's the life. And like, certainly that might be the life for some people, but I always find my best. And I think you have a podcast episodes on this, like my best insights, my best creative downloads, my best ideas come when I'm not putting pressure on them to come. Mm. And that can be time-wise or yeah, like on a timeline or also crap, I need to like create a program or like create a new offering so that I make money so that I can pay my rent this month. So let's all like, just if a side job is going to help you, (laughs) let's accept that because it's, it's part of life. And we're all in different circumstances. Like I know some folks come to me and they are like, when I left corporate, I was in my mid twenties. I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have kids. I wasn't thinking about having kids. I did have money and savings. Some people, when they want to be in a transition or leave something and step into something else, there are other circumstances. And so that's always something that we talk about or that I talk about in, in session with clients, because just as your definition of success is unique so are your life circumstances. Some people do have a partner or a family that is bankrolling them and that's okay too. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't need to do that. So, so yeah, I'm a fan of the side jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I think even just talking about money and, and especially in the online coaching space and the online business space and the entrepreneurial space, and also just in society at large, I feel like, and especially with artists too, it's like that money conversation, I think isn't really talked about enough about people's specific circumstances. And I think sometimes you will see maybe people in the entrepreneurial space that quit their job and and now they're making all this money and you're like, well, how are they doing that? And, but you don't, you never know, like, right. What kind of support they have. And I think that that's the same too, like with artists or how much debt they're in. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a great point. 
that's something and and not like again everybody's pa- i i this is said without judgment or without you know as much judgment as i can <laughs> withhold <laughs> because i'm not a completely neutral person but their social media and maybe mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit more about social yeah. media <laughs> is beautiful because it allows us to get an in like a almost like a glimpse inside like creatives and entrepreneurs and other people's lives and businesses but it's not all real. You, you don't know who's in debt, who maybe made hundred K last year, but paid out 80 K to their coaches. Again, nothing wrong with that. But when we get caught in this like projection, instead of being like, what's my reality, mm. what do I want? And what are the steps that I need to take or the support that I need to seek to get there? Mm, Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I just went off social media kind of not for those reasons, but for many different reasons. But, and I just shared this solo episode where I was talking about that specifically about like, we don't see the full picture. So we kind of make up these stories in our minds of, of what we're reaching towards what we're trying to achieve based off what we see, but we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. We don't know how those people are working. And, and when we're thinking about our definition of success, it's like, you have to really think about how you want to spend your day. And if, you know, if you want to be, if you're aspiring to be a content creator or whatever that is, you know, you don't see all the behind the scenes work that, that it takes to do that. And it's like, is, is that going to fill you up? Maybe. And if it does, that's awesome. And if that's in purpose, like absolutely. And if it's not, then it's like, there are other ways where you can feel supported and you can feel nourished without feeling like you're trying to chase something that you never really wanted in the first place. Yeah. Well, and I think you bring up an important point, and this is something that I also like to touch on with, or more than touch on, go into with folks is that it's not just the, the like image or the topic of what you're doing. Okay. Maybe you love, you love to act, you love to sing, you love to teach yoga, you love healthy food, but, but having a business and making a business of that is different. Yeah. And thinking about like the classic example that I love to give, and this was my own experience is I do love yoga. I loved, I actually love teaching yoga. I've never like been in a class where I'm like, oh, I'm so unhappy to be here teaching. <laughs> well, unless I was like neglecting my own practice, but <laughs> you know what I didn't love running around the city teaching at like 6am and then 8pm at night, which I did for many years, that sporadic schedule wasn't great for me. And, and I had a moment like an aha, this was probably like eight years ago or something when a fellow teacher, she was like, I love it. I love being on in the morning and on at night. And I have the day. And I was just like, I hate it. This is (laughs) not for me. I like having working hours that are more, I like having my own schedule, but I also like having working hours that are a little bit more regular that I can choose to not take clients until 11 or noon or whenever. So thinking about like the daily practices that go into, or the daily tasks that go into that business, not just, I love wellness. And so I want to be a wellness coach that can be a start, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily take you to a career. Yeah. This is such a good example. And I'm so glad we're talking about this. Cause I think that is something that creatives struggle with a lot. And especially in our society, as 
we're kind of told to like monetize all of our hobbies and our passions. Yes. And so how do you, or how, do, when you work with clients, like how do we discern what's a passion and what's a hobby and what do we want to do just for us and, and not to make money? And what's a like viable creative passion to then turn into a business and how can we yeah. kind of discern those two? No, this is such a great question and like topic for discussion. And there is no one right answer. Yeah. The tools that I use is one, I mostly work with folks one-on-one so that we can have these really deep, really intimate conversations where we get to the root of what do you want? What's actually like, what does your spirit want? What does your soul Mm. want? And I find that astrology and human design are helpful like structures for us to because a lot of people don't know like myself 10 or 15 years ago I didn't really know who I was I didn't really know what I was good at what I liked I knew what school subjects and what like practical tasks but I didn't really understand like the anatomy of my spirit and so I like to start with specific more I I focus more on astrology but I do touch on the human design that gives us like a framework of what are you good at? What do you shine out into the world? What is going to fulfill your soul? What's going to bring you joy? Where might you, you experience challenge based on your birth chart? And then all of my work is also deeply rooted in intuition, which I know is a topic that you've, you've talked about a lot here on the podcast and helping my clients connect to that for themselves. Because at the end of the day, I can't know if this, you know, from my perspective, I might say (laughs) it sounds like a hobby to me, but if somebody feels it within themselves, if they feel that, like for us generators, like that gut sacral, yes, who am I to tell them what to do? Mm -hmm. So my job there is to help them connect in and give them the space to, and, and a little bit of that, like courage to go after the things that they want, even if they're not like mainstream. Mm, Yeah. I love that you're using both astrology and human design as kind of these frameworks to really get to know someone better. Cause I think in all the, I mean, you mentioned in the beginning of this kind of like the witchy woo woo stuff, which, which I think it, it, and I remember I was having a conversation with someone about, about this and kind of like, it's such a beautiful doorway into just understanding. Like I can understand who, I don't know, you know, much about you, but I (laughs) saw that you were, you're a triple Pisces, you're Libra rising. I'm also Libra rising. So then I I automatically have this understanding of who you are and we can connect and, and like understand things about each other like that, just if we know these systems. So I find those systems so helpful in just relating and understanding. And especially if you are, you know, on this personal development journey and really discovering like, who are you? Cause I think that's one of our biggest questions, like who am I and why am I here? I think those are the two biggest questions that we're all trying to answer. And everything we do is really just, you know trying to get deeper into that question. And so I love that with your work, you're answering both of those. And so what are some ways that you suggest people, you know, to start working with their intuition? How do they even start listening? How do they even discern what is the voice of their intuition versus maybe the voice of their mind? And how do you really put that into practice? Great question. Uh, So many things, but I, I think one of the Okay. What wants to be shared first Mm -hmm. one is surround yourself with other people who are doing the same. 
Mm. Find teachers, find coaches, find podcasts, find community of, of other people who are asking these questions, because then you won't feel crazy when you start to ask these questions and have these conversations with yourself. Or when you, when you do come up against something like your intuition is telling you to quit your job, like mine was, and a lot of people in my life did not understand that. <laughs> they were like, why? It's a good job and you don't have a business yet. So surrounding yourself with, and that doesn't mean that you have to disconnect from the people that aren't necessarily talking to their intuition, but having some folks in your life that you can go to. And even if that's just somebody that you do follow on Instagram, but is a positive expander or influencer for you. The second tip is to have some sort of daily practice, daily self-reflection practice and meditation is great. Yoga is great. I really love the tarot and that's where I got into the tarot because not because I thought it predicted the future, but because it was a, a, more tangible way for me to start to have a conversation with my intuition. You pull a card, you know, most cards come with, with a book that gives you the explanation of the card. And then you get to synthesize that. And there'll be a part that pops out and speaks to you or a question that then, you know, maybe you journal on. So some sort of self reflection process for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think, I do feel the, the practices of astrology and human design are helpful as well because they just strengthen our connection with ourselves and how we're different from other people. I like to point to human design, especially for this one, because right now, a lot of talk about intuition is about the gut, Mm. right? We hear about like your intuition lives in your gut. If it's a gut, yes, or it's a gut, no, And that's true. And for generators, that's more true Mm -hmm. for other energy types, your strategy and like the way that your intuition speaks to you, AKA your strategy is going to be different. And so, yeah, I love to introduce these tools. So, so folks can start to hear the voice for themselves and recognize it for themselves because it's a little different for all of us. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I haven't, because I'm a generator and because I do feel it in my gut, Yeah, you know, I don't even think about all the other, the other types that, that isn't their strategy. So that's a really good point. You know, if you're listening and you, and you feel it in a different way, whether that's emotional or yeah, some folks need to ride the emotional wave. If you're an emotional authority, or if you're a self-projected authority, it's a feeling that only, you know, now the other thing that I I teach about intuition and, and curious to hear your thoughts on this too, is that while it can be a feeling, it's not emotionally charged. Mm. So I had a client come to me once and she's like, how do I know if this, like this intuitive hit, and I'm putting that in quotes because she wasn't sure. She was like, how do I know if this is an intuitive hit or it's just a fear like a fear-based thought. It was something that was happening with her family. And I had to sit with that one for a little bit because <laughs> it's a it's a hard question. Like, how do I know if this is just the chatter of my mind? If this is mm. old belief systems and societal programming coming up specifically around fears? Or is it my intuition warning me? 
And I think that, and from my experience, when it's a true intuitive hit, it is not a big emotional experience. It is, you know, it's true. It's something just like, and, and maybe the knowledge that it's true causes an mm. emotional experience, like, but it's a, it's a knowing. And when we like truth, isn't a point on the map. It's something that we, we feel, we know something to be true in, inarguably, inarguably. I don't know if that's a word. So that's my, my tip around intuition. And also the more that you have a communication practice with it or a connection practice with it, the easier it will be to trust because most of us are getting these intuitive messages. We just don't trust them. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that's exactly right. That, and, and I, I remember my sister was asking the same question, um, to my mom and she said something really similar of like the difference between intuition and anxiety is anxiety comes from fear. Anxiety comes from that emotion, but intuition is not coming from an emotion. Intuition is coming from that deep place within you. Mm -hmm. And and your mind can still doubt your mind can still feel fear maybe about what your intuition might be telling you, but it's that like deeper settled place where you're right. Like, and I think that's a really good distinction to make that if there's no emotional charge with it, like you're not, you know, you're not kind of going all up here and I'm pointing to my head, then <laughs> <laughs> you're not going all up here. It's like, it is that deep inner knowing and the the more you relax into that, the more you trust, the easier it is to be able to know that for yourself. There's also like, and this is where intuition again is a hot topic these days. There's so many layers of it. We also have like animal instinct, which sometimes can be helpful for us. If you were walking down a street and you start to feel your heart race and like Mm. you don't have a previous trauma that would indicate that like you're being just triggered by the circumstance that's worth listening to because that's like your other senses Mm. or your your you know your animal senses your instinct are you good you might hear a voice that says this is not a good path to go down or it might just be that somatic response so I also think it's important for us to understand there's all these different layers and different ways that we can we can tap into this this higher piece of us that mm. knows and sees and feels more than our small selves know yeah. and feel. Yeah. Do you feel like your intuition has been heightened during pregnancy? This is such a great question. In so many ways. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I had a very good connection. I mean, I had a very great connection to it before. Is it like off the charts? No, I, I wouldn't say so, but maybe that will change mm. again as we get closer. I hear a lot of folks, especially as they get closer to that birth portal, but it's definitely, there's been more like psychic moments, which has been wow. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder, cause I feel like, I mean, women are just magical in general. And I feel like that is that portal too, where we're kind of this and someone, someone, my, another good friend of mine is pregnant right now. And she said something about how like women, when they're pregnant are that bridge between the physical world and the spirit world. And so like, you're kind of now oscillating between both worlds. And so there might, you know, some people might experience heightened intuition. Some people might, might not like that doesn't mean, you know, anything, but just, yeah, that, that came to mind. But I actually, going back to um, talking a little bit about the career stuff and using astrology, 
I saw that you work specifically with North nodes and I think North nodes are such an interesting thing. Cause I don't hear a lot of people talking about North nodes and really bringing that into the conversation, but I find North nodes fascinating. And so will you talk a little bit about North nodes, like for maybe people who haven't heard about it, what is it and how could it maybe point you to your North star or your purpose? And how can we really learn to then work with those in the chart? Yeah, I love that you brought this up and I agree with you. It's a point that not like you hear a lot in astrology, especially in pop or beginner astrology about your sun, your moon, your rising sign. Maybe you hear about Mercury retrograde and Saturn returns, um, which are all valid and important (laughs) to study. And if you're going to study one point in your chart for if you're looking to feel more joy, more flow, more in alignment with your soul, North node, go there. You don't even have to know your birth time to find your North node, which is awesome because for a lot of pieces of the birth chart, like your rising sign, the houses, even like your moon sign might change based on, based on the time of day, which I know not everyone has. So the North node is, and Leah, what's your North node? Scorpio. Oh, love it. Mine is in Pisces. (laughs) Oh oh my gosh. Oh, wow. So your North node is the a point in your chart it's connected to like the placement of the moon at the time of at the on the day of your birth and karmically it's what we're evolving into in this lifetime what our souls chose or want to learn and lean towards mm. so we can look to the north node as guidance to find like i said more joy more expansion and, and on like a soul level, which is, which is really awesome. Now, what's also interesting about the North node and why I like, I think it's a really potent place to study is that your North node is always exactly opposite of your South node. Mm. And your South node is like what you came into this life with, maybe what you mastered or did really well in past lives, or that if you don't even ascribe to the past lives, what you inherited and and were good at as a child. Our South node, I've had a, a teacher describe this as like the most comfortable pair of sweatpants. They're comfortable. You know what to expect out of them. You're probably going to put them on, especially if you're feeling kind of tired or, you know, without thinking, but is that like the, the, the place for your growth? No. And so we can look at our North node for how to find more joy, how to find more flow. And then we can look at the South node for clues as to maybe when we're slipping into just our comfort zone. Mm. And that doesn't mean that we can't, we want to embrace our South node. Like it's not like we want to shun that part of ourselves. And and I'll give a great example of this again, personal example, but we can use the South node to then serve a purpose of the North node. So my example is, as I shared, I went to business school. I became a CPA. I did accounting, which is very like linear, very rules, very detail oriented. Because my North node is in Pisces, and this will be true for anyone with a North node in Pisces, my South node is in Virgo. Mm. Accountant is very Virgo. And that was fine, but it was not my place of joy and expansion. And now, like, there's so many pieces of my work right now that just speak more to my Piscean nature, but 
also honor that South node in Virgo. The fact that I do bring spirituality into my work, the fact that I do have more space, like it's less structured. I can have more flow in my days. I can be more creative, be a little bit more dreamy. Those are all very like Piscean themes. Mm. And this learning about my North node actually is what got me interested in studying astrology on a deeper level. I had an acupuncturist at the time, just pull up my chart. This was very soon after I left the corporate world and she didn't really know. She just knew me as a yoga teacher at the local studio. And then when she pulled up my chart and told me about my North and South nodes and found out that I had been a CPA, it was just like, wow, there must be something to this system. So I love that you asked this question and I'm curious too, to hear, like, have you, it sounds like you've studied your North node and what have you learned from it? Yeah. I love, I love talking about this. So thank you for asking. Yeah. And I, so my North nodes in Scorpio, which means my South node is in Taurus and like thinking about, you know, what are you bringing in with you and kind of like your comfort zone and when I'm connecting to Taurus energy, I feel, you know, you know, Taurus is really about the home and the space and making, you know, things beautiful and comfortable and maybe indulging and pleasure and things like that. And I, and I don't feel the home part as much, but as far as like, I love decadent food and like, (laughs) I love, you know, beautiful things. And so I definitely feel that in my, in my Taurus nature. And then in my Scorpio nature, I think that that's something I'm still, studying and feeling like I'm, I am moving towards, but in a way, Scorpio, I feel like people get scared of Scorpio. Yeah. They're like a little, like a little apprehensive. And I'm, I don't find fear in Scorpio. It's more of like just embracing kind of the death and the rebirth of that constant, like shedding. And it's funny too, cause I'm kind of relate. Scorpio is a snake, right? Mm-hmm. Or, a, well, some people see it as a snake. Some people see it as a scorpion. A scorpion. So, okay. Yeah. No, for some reason I'm thinking of a serpent and like shedding, shedding skin. So it's maybe definitely that's a, an alternative symbol for it. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I think I'm, I I'm still kind of, I, I have explored it and kind of seen like what house it is in my chart, but mm-hmm. still, yeah. I wonder what, I wonder where, cause I love, I haven't heard people talk about the joy piece with your North node and that the North node should bring you joy instead of like, I guess maybe in my brain, I'm thinking of it of like, Oh man, like this is my work in this lifetime that I have to, you know, kill off old, old ideals and, and bring in new ones. But I think that's a really good mindset shift of like, no, it's supposed to be joyful. And so, yeah, yeah, what were, what would be some like practices to connect to joy if you had your North node in Scorpio? Yeah. So what is the difference between like your North node? And then I would say like your Saturn placement, Saturn is like, what's your hard life's work. Okay. So that's where you want to look to for the areas of your life where you might feel constricted or where you might, might really be challenged. That doesn't mean, because also we haven't, we don't have your full chart in front of, in front of us right now. Like if your North node is the one placement in water and everything else is in earth, like it might be a little bit more challenging for you to step into that side, but the, the polarity between Taurus and Scorpio Taurus is the material and the surface level. And Scorpio is the spiritual, the depth. Mm. 
Mm. And this is not to say that Torian people can't be spiritual. Of course they can. But what that leads me to, to interpret or to suggest for you, which I already see you doing, is that you're going to be more fulfilled when you can go deep, when you don't need to kind of sugarcoat things or, and also on another level, that's the focus is like truth versus material pleasures. Mm. Yeah, that really resonates because I think I was getting a little, cause I, I think I've always thought of myself as someone who's very spiritual and who doesn't really live in the material physical world mm-hmm. as much. Like I do live in that deep spiritual place, but this is bringing me back to our social media conversation and how we were just talking about how I went off Instagram recently. And I was realizing that Instagram was this place that I was like seeing the material and seeing the physical mm-hmm. and kind of maybe reaching towards that, thinking that that was going to be my version of success. When in reality, going off of it has actually led me already to such a deeper place within me that, and it's like, I don't need like social media. There's something connected there with social media and this kind of like, maybe, I don't know if it's Torian energy or just some kind of like physical material reality instead of inner truth and inner deep spiritual practice. And I know that you took some time off Instagram and then came back. And so I I'm really curious, you know, as I'm kind of at the start of my journey of like, how was that for you? What did you learn in that time away? And like, what was it like coming back? And yeah, I just want to hear a bit bit about that. Yeah. No, you bring up an interesting point about like, is because I'm going to grab my phone, like, because Instagram, the internet, and so much exists within these phones, it's not stereotypical, like earthy, like Torin or Capricorn or Virgo in that it's not the earth. It's not the, the table that we're sitting at or the chair that we're sitting on. And we have created new worlds in the internet through these different apps and these different sites. So I definitely think you have something going there, which will be curious to explore as you, as you explore being on or being off. So I took some time off Instagram. Well, I remember, I think I was listening to your most recent episode about sharing where you shared more about going off Instagram. I too remember when Instagram started I loved sharing photos. It was really easy for me always from the beginning. And I loved the platform. And along the way, as as Instagram evolved and went through its own evolution process or maturity process or death and rebirth, I found myself like a year ago feeling very disconnected, Mm -hmm. very disconnected and, and just not feeling any sense of joy or expansion or pleasure from being in the app. Mm. And it was a lot of shoulds. It was like, okay, I should be posting. I should be doing reels. I should be, I mean, not just Instagram. I should be doing TikTok, this sort of thing, which for me is always a sign that that's not the path to go down. Like that's not the path that my spirit wants to take. Whether the marketing experts say that that's best for business or not. So I had taken a couple, like I had always taken a couple breaks. I actually was reviewing old blog posts. And I think in 2015, I wrote about a digital detox. So (laughs) this is no new thing for me, but 
the difference when I went off in April of last year was that I had zero intention of coming back. Wow. And it was, again, because I was not feeling, it was all just feeling heavy. Mm. And I wanted to see, I also felt that my creativity, my intuition, my sense of self was being clouded by what I was consuming via Instagram. And that's something that I, I actually was teaching about this week is oftentimes in periods of, of when we want to be more creative, when we want to connect more to ourselves, when we want to go a little deeper, we have to tune out more of the outside noise, like more of it than we normally would. And this gets especially complicated for online creators because when we think that we need to be in it and seeing what other people are doing and being inspired and being on the cusp of like, okay, well, how do I do a reel? Or what are people talking about when it comes to intuitive eating these days? And the opposite is actually true. We can have more insight. We can have more inspiration. We can have more downloads when we take that time off. So anyways, I decided to go off (laughs) and I had no intention of going back on. It was hard at the beginning because I love to share. I love to, to just, it was an easy method of sharing, of sharing about my work. And I had to find new ways of reaching my audience of connecting with new, you know, new networks, new potential clients. And I had to also find ways of staying connected with friends. Mm. That's something that I've noticed, especially since I share a lot online, sometimes that is beneficial because it, because people will respond to my stories or respond to my posts. And sometimes it's not because I have friends that are just watching and we're actually not in communication. Yeah. I, I was off for like four months mm. and like I said, I had no intention of coming back on. I think I did a lot of healing work during that time, which then allowed me to say, you know what? I do want to use this app, but I'm going to use it in a different way. Mm. And I had a conversation with, with a friend recently, actually on Instagram, on Instagram live about social media sovereignty. So this topic is sparking things in folks, you can go to my account and and check that out because Mm -hmm. she spoke a lot about healing our relationship with the app, healing our relationship with social media in general, and how then if we so choose, if you don't want to be on the, the apps, fine. But if you're doing it from a place of like, I can't handle being on it, that deserves being, being looked at. Mm. And the truth for me was I could do the healing and a lot of my audience, a lot of my clients, a lot of my potential clients are still on Instagram. Do they want to be living there? No. Are they asking these same questions of themselves? Yes. But are they fully off the apps? Most of them not. (laughs) Yeah. So I went back on with the very clear intention to connect and build relationships and to revisit my feed, what I was consuming so that it would actually simply be things that were inspiring to me and lighting me up, which is actually, you know, before it was like a lot of health and wellness information and marketing and online business. Now it's like parenting, homesteading, off-grid living, like these sort of things. So, so that feels good because it's fueling that creative fire. Oh, I love that. I thank you for sharing all of that. Cause I think it is such an important 
topic right now. And I think always, but I think we're all kind of asking those questions of like, yes, how do we listen to our intuition when we are consuming so much information, when we are giving away our energy in so many different ways. And especially I noticed for me, like as an empath and as someone that I don't even realize that I'm giving away my energy, like when I get on the app, I'm then my energy is being splintered in so many different directions. And I think what I was trying to say when I was talking about the Torian nature is that it's this, it's this surface level distraction mechanism for me. Yes. It doesn't allow me to go deep. And so mm-hmm. really like, I love that we brought in then the intuition piece of it of like, how can we listen to our intuitions without, without then disconnecting completely and, and like just so many questions about that. So I'm so glad that you took that time for yourself to really reorient your relationship to it. Because I think that's all that it is. It's like a mindset shift, you know, like anything else of really, how are we using it? And so I think that's really inspired because I think it can be such a place of inspiration and connection. And just like, Mm -hmm. even, you know, the fact that you can choose what you're seeing and now that you're interested in parenting and homesteading, like that is really cool that you can then create that digital space, but it's, I'm still exploring and, and trying to answer this during this break of like, how do I set strong boundaries of that? So then I'm not still letting my energy go off in different places. And so I'm curious for you now, like after you've reoriented your relationship and have kind of curated what, what does inspire you, like what, what does your relationship now with it look like? Are you still going on and scrolling? Do you find yourself like getting sucked in or how do you protect what you've learned while you're going on the app in this new way? This is a great question. And I do think that there's no, as with healing of any type, there's no like, okay, I'm healed. And now I don't have to do the work Mm. because I will still find myself. Like if I have a crap night's sleep and I'll just pick up my phone and turn it on. And maybe I go to my email or maybe I go to, go to an app. That's not a positive experience for me. And it's the same. Like it, it kind of sucks my energy it weakens, not weakens, but it blurs a little bit of my connection with myself. So ideally I do not look at my phone in the morning. I have my practice where I connect with my higher self and I meditate and I journal and listen to music. And that is really sacred for me because I feel like that that's when I put my, my head on and not my head on. Cause it's not my mind, but that's when I get aligned with myself. So then I can make more of those better decisions throughout the day of like, yeah, I actually do want to sit here and, and scroll for 10 minutes. Oftentimes the, the better use of that time would be like after working hours, um, which I found it fun to like, if I'm not on my phone all day, or if I'm on my phone less, it's nice to then have a structured space of time, whether it's 10 minutes or 30 minutes to respond to messages, connect with folks, maybe giggle at some silly TikTok of like animals or something. So I really do think it's having that connection to yourself and then creating intentional practices around it. Because like you mentioned, and I think it, like you mentioned in your, in your previous episode and what a lot of folks are realizing now is that the apps are designed to be addictive. They are designed for us to literally pick up our phone without thinking and scrolling. And for me, that usually doesn't feel good, that distraction or just that automated movement. And instead, allowing myself to be intentional. And another, this is a a tip that I gave in that 
Instagram live that I did with my friend Eva, but is to, before you, if you find yourself picking up your phone or like it is after work or you are on your lunch break or whatever, you're looking at your phone, ask yourself like, what is my intention here? What do I want to get out of this? Do I, am I in a business mode and I'm really here to go see what some of my colleagues or some of my mentors or some of the people I look up to are doing on their social media feeds? Is there a specific topic that I want to learn about? Am I just doing this to kind of numb out? Do I need a laugh? Do I want to connect with friends? And that can be a really great practice because when we can understand what we're looking to get out of it, we're better able to get what we want versus just finding ourselves scrolling. And then like an hour later feeling a little bit like, Oh, where was I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which happens all too often for me yeah. happening. So it's like, that's why I really needed to step away. But I think that's such an important piece of it of like anything we bring our intention to. And so it, it, why is it different? And even as we're talking and talking about healing our relationship with social media, I think too, there is something to be said about what is triggering you on social media? Because I think mm-hmm. those are still pointing mirrors back to yourself. And so 100%. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not totally the app. And, and I do recognize that within me that I was feeling pretty triggered of on social media and feeling, you know, certain things, which I know were, were just things for me to look at. So it's like, you can use it as a tool, in whatever way you want to. And, you know, if it doesn't feel good for you, you don't have to be on. So I'm just really glad that we've talked about this because it's something that's obviously so present right now for me. And so even hearing that you had an experience where you've gone off and then come back, I think is so valuable because I haven't really talked to many people that have taken that intentional time away. So I'm just really grateful to hear your perspective. The other thing that I'll say is that, and this is maybe even just to hold myself accountable (laughs) is I am very clear that I do not want to be on my phone consistently when I have a new baby. Mm. And I know that it's really easy. And sometimes it's kind of a necessary distraction for new moms or new parents, but I'm, I'm noticing I am on my phone quite a bit. I do work on there and it's just easy to like do things from your phone but I'm working over these next few months to, to consciously change those patterns because I don't personally want my child growing up with a parent that's half attached to, to your phone, to my phone. (laughs) Yeah. What an interesting then piece to bring into that conversation of like, then how are we modeling that to the next generation and how, as you prepare for motherhood, you know, what does that, what does that look like? And so that's such a beautiful inquiry and just, I'm excited for you. Like, how are you, I want to know how you're feeling like in these, as you're approaching the last couple of months, like what's really present for you as you're kind of looking ahead for this huge transition. Yeah. What's really present for me is one presence. And I want to bring this in here because I, I, we haven't really touched on this too much, but, I, but we started with it in that when I got into learning about birth and, and pregnancy, I was applying it. One, I knew I always wanted to be a mother, but also I was applying it to, to birthing a business and how, or any sort of creative creation goes through this birth process, which process, which is not just idea to manifestation. There's a whole gestation process. Sometimes it takes even time for that seed to be implanted, for that egg to be 
fertilized for that baby to grow to a viable human. So with that, the, the first thing that is really present for me is being present. I'll never be in this moment again. And I also relate this to anyone going through, whether it's a career change or you're birthing a business or, or like having an identity shift is even if it feels uncomfortable, like you will never be in this moment again. Can you appreciate, can you appreciate this? So I'm, I'm really working to appreciate like the everyday and, and yeah, just the here and the now, which is hard to do because the other thing that's very present for me is, is planning. Yeah. <laughs> and there's only so much you can do to plan for pregnancy, to plan for birth, to plan for parenting. I think the same can be true of entrepreneurship. There's, there's a lot you can do to plan, but my biggest planning that I'm doing right now is gathering, like rallying my support network Mm. for, well, we have our support network for the birth itself, but for postpartum. And again, I'll relate this to business and how crucial it is if you're birthing a creative project, if you're birthing a business, if you're changing careers to have a incredibly robust support network. I thought I had my support network for, for pregnancy. I mean, about a month ago, I was like, oh yeah, I'm good. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm not good. I need double the support. So it relates to bringing a human into this world, but also any other sort of project where you're, you're really putting effort and a lot of time and energy into it. And like we've talked about going through your own, perhaps ego death or identity shift, not to underestimate the importance of the proper and sufficient support. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that back up because I think the pair, there are so many parallels. I mean, it's the same, it's the same birthing process. And so you've birthed a business and now you're birthing a baby. And so I know you're probably learning those lessons, like so much deeper and, and being able to share that with others, that it's not that you don't have to be birthing a baby in order to understand this, but like really to have support, really to ask for help, really to allow yourself to be in the process without trying to rush it. Because I think we all, we always want to get to the end goal. And, you know, in pregnancy, you can't rush it. There's literally, you literally <laughs> you can't. can't rush it. So I love that that is mirrored so beautifully in, in both of those processes. And just in the journey of life, I actually had this aha moment the other day and thinking about in between spaces and, and when we're kind of in between process, which I think is the true is true of pregnancy because you're in between it's totally. true of when you're in between maybe shifting careers right now. I find it's true for me as I'm kind of letting go of this old identity and, and stepping into a new one. And I realized I was like, and I'm relating it to also this in-between period being the middle period. You know, mm -hmm. there's a beginning period, a middle and an end and the middle, that's the in-between period. But I'm like the in-between this aha moment that I had, was like the in-between moment is the point that is life because that's life, that's literally life. <laughs> life, the middle is life and the middle is about presence. And so that's all it is. The middle is the moment. So that is just an aha moment that I kind of was thinking about recently that I feel like really relates to all this about just being present to what's happening in your life and meeting that moment, wherever you're at. So just yeah. kind of wanted to throw that in there. Beautiful. 
Yeah. As we're wrapping up, I love asking people about creative resources. And so I'm curious, like if there have been books or podcasts or any kind of creative content that has really helped supported you on your path, whether that's with your business, whether that's right now, something you're reading uh, as you're birthing this baby or in the process of birthing the baby. So what, what would you like to recommend to our listeners? Yeah, my creative resource, well, the two books that I recommend, I think are pretty standard. (laughs) That's The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron and Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And with that, books are awesome. But if you can connect with a community, Leah, I know you run a writing circle. I have clients who have run like Artist's Way writing circle or writing groups that is like your network is a resource as well. The other thing, and, and, and this just popped into my mind as you asked the question, is that oftentimes what's like a resource for our creativity is something that's outside of the realm of what we're trying to create. For mm-hmm. me, like studying business wasn't what inspired me like the most. Studying birth inspired me in business. Studying astrology inspired me in business. So I encourage anyone listening, if you're feeling called to study something or learn something or take a class, even if it doesn't feel directly connected to your work or what you're trying to create, to follow that. Because that's often like just the resource we need. And it also helps us bring a unique perspective, our unique spin on whatever it is that we're offering to the world. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that's such an important piece of it. And that is what makes, you know, those are those intuitive hits that you get that, oh, I'm interested in birth. And Mm -hmm. why are you interested in birth? Maybe it doesn't make sense for your business, but you're interested in it. So you're going to study about it. And then that's where you start to make all those parallel connection. So I love that. And I think that's a really great tip. And lastly, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? If they want to, you know, what does it look like to work with you? If they wanted to book a session, give us yeah. all of that. So the best way to find me in all of the places is through my website, which is emilynahazel.com, which I'm sure we'll link because Nahazel is a fun last name to spell. <laughs> what is that? Nahazel? It's check. It's Czech. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. So my, I guess my dad's great, great, might've been great, great grandparents came over from, from Bohemia as it was called in the time. Wow. Amazing. But that's the best place I am active on Instagram. So that's another place. If you want to connect more regularly, I am offering my, my like signature one-on-one coaching session is something called a career clarity session where we do look at your unique birth chart, your unique human design, and where you're at in your life in order to map out a plan for you, a path for you going forward, specifically with work. So if you're, if you're in this like period of transition, if you're in a moment of feeling stuck in your work or in your business, those sessions are really helpful because we can use the lens of astrology. We can use the lens of human design. Of course, you have like my expertise and my presence one-on-one. And Leah, I can give you a link for folks to get $50 off one of those sessions, if that would be helpful. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you. 
So I think that's that's all the places. The other thing that I'm we haven't mentioned here, but that I'm lit lit up about and will continue throughout, you know, pregnancy and postpartum is a mastermind group that I'm running for spiritual women in business. You do not have to have your own business to be a part of this group, but you do need to be interested in, well, if you made it all the way to the end, you're probably interested in the things we'll be talking about, but it's a true mastermind in the sense that we show up every month. Everybody has a chance to share what they're working on or what they're challenged with and then receive guidance and support from the community. I'll send you a link for that as well. It's, it's all on my website. <laughs> yeah, we'll put all of that in the show notes and just wanted to say thank you for reaching out and connecting because this has been yeah. so fun. I mean, we've, t- we've been talking now for a while. We could keep talking for like three hours. I, I, feel I really like. feel like we might have could. to do this again. <laughs> Seriously. So just thank you, Emily. And thank you for sharing with all of us. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.